Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Our spiritual practice of silence and meditation. And so over the course of 2021, as many of you would know, through our life groups, we've been working through various practices that form the foundation for how we live out our personal relationship with Jesus. So in January, we spoke about prayer and fasting. Uh, In March and April, we spoke about worship. In May and June, we spoke about simplicity. July and August was prayer. And September and October, which we just finished, was, um, was the practice of service. And so these practices in and of themselves, they're not the actual goal, but what they are is they're patterns and rhythms that place our lives before God so that He can come and fill us and change us with His transforming power. That's just what they're, that's what they're about. And I, I like what, Jay, uh, what author James Clear says. He's not, uh, I don't think he's a person of faith, but has great insight when it comes to uh, growth and personal development. Uh, he says, most people need consistency more than they need intensity. He says it like this, intensity is, and we've all seen this, it's the you know, big decision that I'm going to make. I'm going to run a marathon, but I've never ran before. I'm going to, um, I've never written before, but in these next 30 days, I'm going to write my first book and release it. You know, I've never been silent in my whole entire life because I'm extroverted, but I'm going to go on a silent meditation whole weekend where I don't speak for 48 hours, right? So most of us don't need more intensity, what we need is more consistency, which is maybe instead of run a marathon, maybe try working out a couple of times a week and keep that consistent for a few months. Maybe it's writing something every week, just a journal entry, instead of trying to write a book in 30 days. Maybe it's a, a, a practice of daily silence for one minute instead of trying to go on a you know, spiritual retreat straight away. And obviously he's just speaking in very human terms here, But I feel the same principle often applies to our relationship with Jesus. We look for the epic encounters with God, and of course they're important. I I could share with you many significant moments that I've had, uh, whether they've been in church, whether they've been by myself, wherever I've been where I've had these amazing encounters with God. Um, But a growing relationship with Jesus does not just come out of these intense one-off moments. Rather, it's formed more deeply in the daily, regular practices that we keep with consistency. If I could maybe illustrate it this way for those of you who are married. um, Imagine for a second that your spouse made an amazing, massive deal about your anniversary. Maybe, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe you're getting the tick the box. Now, you know, I mean, like, they went all out. Like, they did the fancy restaurant. They got dressed up. They got their kids babysat. It was night away at your favorite hotel. It was, um, you know, everything you ever wanted. They even got the first love letter you ever wrote to each other, and they got it framed, and they got it mounted on the wall, and there was rose petals as you walked to it, and it was, it was right there. Imagine for a moment... If you have done that, please be quiet because you'll make the rest of us look bad. But imagine for a moment, imagine if your spouse had done that, but then for the rest of the year, didn't engage in conversation, 
made self-centered decisions, pointed out your faults each and every day, and was just generally a jerk. What kind, what type of marriage would be built on that? Or, or, or maybe, maybe it's a friend of yours. They make a massive deal on your birthday, surprise getaway to all your you know, favorite places. They give you the best ever social media shout out you have ever received. And then you, you know, took the bait and clicked that add to my story and said, thanks, love you so much, so the world could see. You know, imagine if they did all of this, but then just went completely over the top, then the rest of the year, talk behind your back. Always too busy to hang out, didn't really listen in conversation, was just ready to say their point. What sort of friendship is being built through that? Probably a fairly shallow one. Now, some of you are here thinking, like, I'll just take the birthday stuff and run. It's fine. I'll, I'll put up with the, with the rest of that if I, get, if I get all that. But Jesus wants a deepening relationship with you. And depth is not just created in the highs and it's not just created in the lows but it's in the boring it's in the mundane it's in the weekly it's in the wait work home netflix netflix sorry sleep repeat whatever you know whatever your pattern is it's it's the god coming into that with consistency not just intensity and so what these spiritual practices and spiritual rhythms do is they create a trellis, so like a vine, we can grow with some structure into that uh, deepening relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And so, like Rachel said, that, that brings us to our next spiritual practice for, for these two months, which is silence and, and meditation. And now your initial thought may be, there is no way that is ever going to happen. Like, have you met my family? Like, silence and meditation. That's not happening at my house. You know, maybe like, have you seen the people I share a house with? Have you met my housemates? There is no way that we are doing silence and meditation. It's not, it's not going to happen. But I believe that God is speaking to us about this topic at just the right time and just the right moment. You know, I've been really thinking and praying through this message over the last couple of weeks, you might think, well, what, what do you normally do? Well, I actually haven't preached that much in the last five weeks. So I've had, had some time, and whereas, you know, other message may be a bit like pan-fried, they're like, phew, sizzling hot, ready to go. This has been more like the slow cooker. Okay, so this, this, has been, this has been in here, and I believe that there's an incredible invitation from God here for us to step into something different, to be different to the world. Romans says it like this, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You can uh, look it up on your Bible with you or it'll be on the screen. It is right there. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As followers of Jesus, we're called to be different. Not just different because we go somewhere else on a Sunday morning, but different in our workplaces, different in our interactions with people, different in our parenting, different in our relationships, different in our dating, different online. We are called to be different. We are not to be conformed to the pattern and the response and how this world responds to things that are happening, but we are called not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by God and by His Word. And so when we decided upon this topic for the end of year, 
It was actually done purposely to be out of sync with what usually happens at this time of year, which is stress, which is the end of the year is coming, I've got to get all these jobs done, which is overextending ourselves, which is excessive busyness, which is worry, which is anxiety, which is the accumulation of credit card debt or whatever, whatever it is, because God has called us to live at a different pace and a different tempo to the world. And I think, and I believe this is even more apparent over these last few weeks in our state, when there's an increase of stress, an increase of anger, an increase of rage in many, there is a call, I believe this wholeheartedly, by the Spirit of God to us, not to more noise, but to more quiet. Not to more outrage, but to more peace and more trust in Him. Not to more speaking even, but to more listening. Because God has called us for this time to be different, to respond differently, to not conform to the pattern of this world. And so this passage that we're going to read uh, right about now is about the prophet Elijah crying out to God. He's had a tremendous victory just before this. This is 1 Kings 19. It'll be on the screen in a second. But he's had a tremendous victory, but now he's running for his life. He feels like no one in the whole of Israel cares about God, and it's his, his job as the prophet to bring God to Israel. So he's like, that's it, I'm out of here. I'm quitting. Resignation letter written. I'm gone. And so we'll pick it up from verse 11. The Lord said, this is speaking to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. In the fire, sorry. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Notice there that another version will say, God's still small voice or a delicate whisper. And I believe that right now, God is calling us out of whatever challenge we might be facing, out to a place to listen and to hear his still small whispering voice because he wants to speak to you right now wherever you're at whether this is the first time you've ever been in church and you just came along and someone invited you and said they'll give you free coffee at the end that's fine we're glad you're here however however you came we know that there is a God who wants to speak to you he doesn't want to come in and blast you but there is a still small voice that God wants to speak into your heart God has called us as an invitation out of the noise, to come out of the outrage, to come out of the worry, to come out of anxiety, into his presence. Into his presence. And now when we talk about our silence and meditation, um, let me explain what I mean because uh, the term meditation has often been uh, hijacked by Eastern religions or the New Age or even, you know, the whole, which is, there's many positive things about the mindfulness movement, but, but we have this definition of meditation, but uh, in the Eastern religions, meditation is an attempt to empty the mind. That is not so as followers of Jesus. Meditation is an attempt and an invitation from us to God to let his word come and fill our minds. 
and fill our minds. We're not trying, we are trying to empty them of the wrong thing, but that's only the first step. We detach from the things of this world, but then we attach to what God speaks to each and every one of us. And so God spoke it this way to Joshua as he was about to step in and take up the leadership of the nation of Israel from Moses and lead them into the promised land. You may know this scripture, it's reasonably well known. Uh, Joshua 1, chapter 7 and 8. Uh, God speaking to him and says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. God speaks to Joshua there, and obviously as we just read, he encourages him to, to meditate, to, to think upon, to, to, to chew over. Uh, this word actually has connotations to do with how a, um, how a cow chews grass. In kind of choose it, oh, I know, disgusting on a Sunday morning, but just trying to think about it too much, just choose it over and over again, this, this meditation on God's Word. And you see, for all of us sitting right here this morning, meditation is not actually an option. It's not an option because you're already meditating on something. You're already thinking upon something. You're already replaying something in your mind. You're already maybe rehearsing things that haven't even happened. Looking ahead maybe and thinking the worst and saying to yourself, well, what if this happens? This meditation, just on the wrong thing. Looking back and checking the replays and saying, if only I hadn't done this or said this or if only they hadn't done that or, or that hadn't happened in my life. That's meditation. It's just not meditating on the things that God wants us to meditate because we are all meditating on something. But the invitation that I believe God has for us today is that we meditate on His words. We meditate on His words. Not the words of the world, not the opinions, opinions of others or anything else which are not God's words, which are the words of life. The words of life. And as you know, our, our current culture, just so much content is consumed and meditated on that it's actually ridiculous. We were laughing the other night because um, Rachel was talking about uh, many years ago uh, a time when she was at an event and felt uh, like God speak to her about uh, to give up watching Neighbours. So I've asked permission. She said I could share. I could share. Um, and and she said she felt like um, God had said to her, you know, you're addicted to watching Neighbours. You you know, you're watch you're watching it every night. And so so from that point, she 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 gave up watching Neighbours and has been free of the Neighbours addiction ever since. But we were laughing because we're like, imagine that. So that was, you know, back in the day before streaming platforms and all, all that sort of thing. So the addiction was watching one 30-minute show a night. For many of us, and in the current culture, we're like, oh, that's pretty good, actually. Like, I didn't binge-watch, like, seven episodes straight. Like, you actually, you, you know, because now you have to actually move to stop the next episode being played in 10 seconds. Like, 10 seconds, ah, oh, I can't make it. Oh, look, it started again. Let's watch the next one. Seen this episode of Seinfeld 10 times, but we still find out whatever, whatever it might be for you. But... What are you currently letting fill your mind, fill your heart, 
and fill your soul? Because we're, we're all meditating on something. Is it Facebook? Is it the 24-hour news cycle? Is it every man and his dog's opinion on the state of the world? And can I ask, the things that we're meditating on, what is it producing in you? Is it producing a greater sense of peace? Or is it producing more worry and doubt? Is it producing uh, your joy and your gratitude for life increasing? Or is there an increasing need to have the next shiny new thing that everyone else has? Is your trust in God growing and growing with the things that you meditate on? Or is just your distrust for the world growing and growing without a trust growing in God? Are your friendships, relationships, and family dynamics being filled with a greater portion of love? Or are they becoming closed off and cold? Because we're all meditating on something. And so we've got to ask ourselves, what is it producing in my heart? What is it producing in my life? We all meditate, but it's either by design, which is mean we, we're choosing, or it's by default, just whatever, whatever comes my way. And I don't know about you, but I think Jesus would have a pretty good design when it comes to being close to the Father and meditating on his purpose. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read a passage of scripture that shows uh, the pattern that Jesus used when he was on earth, when it, when, it, when it came to silence and meditation, when it came to connecting with God. And I'm sorry for all the amazing uh, note takers. I don't really have point one, two, three. It's just the whole run straight through today. So feel free to take whatever you want. But uh, now before we read, this section of scripture is actually pretty easy to miss because it's between two of Jesus' greatest, most famous miracles. It's placed between uh, the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on the water. So it's just here in Mark chapter 6, just a couple of little verses. But this pattern here that, that's described about Jesus is so critical for us to understand. Let me read it. It says this, Immediately after this, which was the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida. While he sent the people home after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards, toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them. The key verse there uh, that I want to bring your attention to is uh, verse 46, which says, after telling everyone goodbye, I love that that's the NLT, by the way, for the Bible nerds, but after telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Now, if you read through the New Testament and the life of Jesus, you'll find this so many times. It'll talk about early in the morning while it was still dark. They couldn't find Jesus. Why? Because he was out by himself praying and seeking God, being with the Father. The disciples are, are, are in a fluster. They're in a panic. They're running around. Where's Jesus? Everyone's asking for you, Jesus. Jesus is away up the mountain praying in relationship with God. You see, he's removed himself to pray and be with the Father. It's this pattern, this pattern of withdraw and then return. Withdraw and then return. Jesus withdraws from people to be with God, but then he returns to people. He's up the mountain to be with God, and then he's down the mountain 
with people. He's withdrawing from the culture and what's going on, and then he's returning to the culture so that he can make a difference. You see, it's important to have both. God's plan for you is not to withdraw from people and never return. He's not calling you to drop out of society, some little shack outside of Marg's, you know, just, you know, cook your own, whatever, just you and Jesus for the rest of your life. Why? Because there's people to reach. There's a message of hope and the gospel to share to a broken and dying world. There's hope to bring the disillusioned people. There's healing to bring to people when there's brokenness. But for most of us, our issue is not withdrawing with no return. Our issue is we don't withdraw. We don't switch off. We don't disconnect. We let distractions drive us. We let busyness consume us. And we miss the invitation from the Spirit of God to withdraw from the world so we can bring something back to the world that's different. So you can bring something back that's different. You may think, yeah, awesome. Sounds great for Jesus, but there is no way I could do that. There are, there's, there's no way that could even be possible. But I'd encourage you, would you start not where you think you should be, but would you just start where you are right now? You know, we, we tend to grow through small incremental acts that in time become habits which eventually produce character in us. And this happens over years, not just over days. And so for you, maybe the very start is withdrawing uh, to meditate on God's Word might start by just taking five minutes at the start of the day to not check your phone first, but to check a Bible verse, maybe a reading plan, and slowly read the Word. Let it sink in your soul. Sit there. I'd encourage you as much as I can. If you normally read the Bible on a device, would you get one of those old uh, like paper-type things or something, or at least turn off distractions, airplane mode on the phone, and read the Word of God. Take you two minutes. Sit for three minutes. Say, I thank you, God. I I, I take this Word. I, I take what you have for me. Today, I'm starting my day, or maybe for you, it'll work better at night. Before I go to sleep, I'm letting the day go, and God, I'm letting your voice, your word, your heart speak to me. Others here, maybe your prayer time recently has been a a, a pretty one-sided conversation. Maybe you've been doing all the talking, and that's okay. We have seasons of that high ask, but there could be, and it could be because of a particular challenge that you're facing right now. But I'd love to encourage you to stop speaking and maybe do some more listening. Because as we apply this pattern like Jesus did of withdraw and return, it produces more of God in our lives. Uh, When I was 16, I got the uh, opportunity to uh, go to the USA with a high school band tour we were doing. We were away for almost, um, almost three weeks. And obviously, I have many memories from that trip. But one of them was arriving back in Sydney Airport and... um, now, there was an announcement over the PA, and besides the people that I knew, so the voices that I was familiar with, this was the first Australian accent I had heard in three weeks. And I'm not sure if you've ever had this experience before, but I remember in horror hearing the voiceover saying, and it sounded to me like this, hey, g'day, mate, welcome to Sydney Airport. 
and I'm like, oh my goodness, we sound like what we do on American TV shows. What is going on? What is going on? I don't know if you've had that before or not. But you see, when you withdraw from the culture, you come back with a different ear. And I believe the same is true in our spiritual lives. When you withdraw like Jesus to be with God, you come back with fresh ears. You come back with fresh hearing. You know, we, we, we know in um, you know, business or organizational um, you know, culture that when someone new comes in, usually if there's a great leadership culture, they ask them in the first three weeks, hey, can you tell us anything that you notice here? Why? Because we talk about fresh eyes. Everyone else has been here for years, so we think this is just normal, but can you give us some fresh perspective? Can you give us some fresh eyes? And there's something about withdrawing to be away from the world to be with God that gives us fresh hearing. Suddenly we come back, we're like, oh wow. That thing I was consuming, that content I was consuming, that has that accent. Oh, what? I'm speaking with so much negativity and like there's no hope and like what's, what's, what's going on? There's something that happens when we withdraw from the culture we're in to be with God. Otherwise we get caught up in the echo chamber of social media or our patterns and cycles of negative self-talk. I love Romans 6 verse 11. It says this, From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. But if all you listen to is the dead language that the world offers, the dead language of outrage and argument, the dead language of judgment and division, the dead language of uh, consumerism and instant gratification, then you won't hear that it's dead. You won't understand that it's dead. You'll just get used to the accent. But if you withdraw from the culture, if you withdraw to be with Jesus, he freshens our hearing. He gets the, you know, the wax build up. We already went gross with the, with the cows chewing, so we can go there as well. He gets rid of the wax build up in our ears so that we can hear clearly the way God speaks to us. And so as we begin to come to a close, if the worship team can join me, I, I, I want to read you this scripture because I love what disciple Peter said to Jesus after many other followers of Jesus had turned away. So... John 6, verses uh, 67 and 68 says this, And Jesus said to the twelve, He said, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter's like, Jesus, where would we go? It's only your words. It's only your words that produce eternal life. It's only your words that are life-giving. Where, where would we go? And so over this season, we're talking about our life groups as well, but let's choose by design to meditate, that is to fill our lives with his life-giving words, not the words and the content that are all flying around us at a million miles an hour. Let's take up the invitation that I believe that God is placing before us today to say, God, I'm going to pull aside from this world and I'm going to put my focus and attention on you. I'm going to withdraw so that like you, I can then return with a different set of hearing. I'm going to withdraw so that I can come back in and make a difference. I'm going to withdraw so I can withdraw from the dead language of sin so I can speak your words of life, so I can speak your words of hope. And so this morning we're going to 
In a moment, we're going to pray, then we're going to sing uh, this incredible song called It Is Well. But right now, as every head is bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ before, I'd love to give you this opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. We'll see your hand. You can put it down and we're going to pray together as a church. So is there someone here who wants to say yes to Jesus Christ? Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe you've taken some steps away from Jesus. And right now is the time to come back to him, come back to his love, come back to his grace. If that's you, would you lift your hand right now where you are? I'll see it. You can put it back down. Yeah, I see that hand. So that's awesome. So awesome. So good. Yeah, I see that hand. That's awesome. So good. Come on, is there anyone else who wants to join these two amazing people and make a decision to come back to Jesus Christ? Or to come to him for the very first time? Let's pray this prayer together, church. I'd love you to repeat after me out loud. Dear Jesus, this morning I come to you. I lay aside the things of this world and I focus on you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate with all those making that amazing decision? So good. Before we sing this song, I'd love to do just something a little bit practical in prayer that might feel a little bit weird to begin for you, but I want to encourage you sometimes doing things that a physical help us in our prayer life. So I'd love to encourage you to stand where you are. And what we're going to do is we're going to release some things to God and then we're going to embrace what he has for us. So, you know, we're generally Pentecostal here, so we're used to the hands up, hands out type sort of thing. Um, But what I'd love you to do is extend your hands forward like this feel like a no don't but what we're going to do is I'd love you to close your eyes and instead of palms up I'd love you to start palms down so close your eyes hands out palms down and right now we're going to pray and what I'd love you to do is in this moment we're going to pray and we're going to release every pressure every worry every stress every challenge that comes around our life we're going to release it to God and say, it's yours. It's not my weight to carry. It's not my burden to have. So just as I pray, maybe you can pray out loud and just say, I release whatever it is. Maybe you're not that confident to do that and that's okay. Maybe just let those, those thoughts and those uh, anxieties and those worries and those things just come to your mind and let them go before God. So I thank you, Jesus, right now. God, whatever we're carrying, whatever weight, whatever pressure, Whatever, whatever anger, whatever outrage, whatever, whatever thing that's ticking us off, God, whatever we are carrying right now, Lord God, we just release it to you. We release it to you. We release it to you. We trust you. We trust you. And right now, keep, keep your eyes closed. Just flick your palms up because now we're going to ask God to come and fill us, God. God, we released everything before God. We thank you that your love 
comes and fills us. We thank you that your hope comes and fills us. We thank you that trust in you comes and fills us. God, we thank you that your presence and your power comes and fills our hearts and fills our lives this morning. Jesus, we thank you. We embrace your peace. We embrace your comfort. We embrace your forgiveness right now. In the name of Jesus. Let's sing it as well.